Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. Well, uh, thank you for being here, and uh, thank you for being the face of a dog-eared page yeah, in my life, because this is the first time I've had a, a, a quote unquote live audience. <laughs> How uh, cool! They're actually I called central casting in a while. I said I wanted diversity. Oh, anyway, so they they're all, these are union day rate. Uh, no, this, they're non-union. Yeah, I can't afford the union. <laughs> yeah, there's a strike happening. Right. Um, but I, uh, I wanted to kind of get right into it. Um, so I met you. About a decade ago, uh, you and Russell Brand were doing Wanderlust in Palm Springs. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. So uh, both of you guys were amazing. I shook your hand. We, we chatted for just a bit. And one of the things that um, I thought was so amazing about you uh, is being present and then just kind of bringing people up. Like on whether you're on a stage, wherever you are, right? Stage, couch. Uh, and then having a conversation um, just kind of in real time and then uh, what you do best, which is, which is go deeper, right. you know. And so that, that's one of the reasons why I wanted um, some real bodies in here with stories is like, um, so, you know, maybe we could do a little sure. bit of that. And then we have a microphone for them to have conversations. And I would love I love doing that. Yeah. You know, when 2020 started, I ended up doing 2000 one on ones like just I just stayed home and did everything online for a while and just took one-on-ones for a while and I don't know I just found everyone has the same thing in common you know it's the same exact needs it doesn't matter your gender or your money or where you're from or whatever and like really started honing in on that in the last few years so much more so I love doing that so if anyone wants to do yeah let's do it but let's um let's wait for the hel- helicopter to pass so uh, just diving into the, uh, the deep end of the pool, um, s- suffering. Suffering. Uh, I wanted to get your definition. I think you talk about, uh, I think you talk about suffering a lot in different ways, you know? Um, it's just such a wide net, right? So yeah. what is your definition of suffering and uh, how do we stop? Boy. I've never formed a definition of suffering, but I think it's because you believe something that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, that a pattern is being forced to come to light. Um, and often we do everything we can to defend the pattern and keep it small again. So a great example would be like if you were when you were a kid, let's say you got like a D in math yeah. and your dad hit you, right? So your body feels trauma and it goes, I can't ever feel that again. So I'm going to create a character Mm. to make sure I don't. And so you create whatever, an achiever, let's say. So this is you. Now you're going to get straight A's and you're going to do amazing. But what we don't understand is this character we just created was to prevent trauma. So the trauma is buried right and so we're doing everything we can to achieve 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 but we don't understand there's this underlying fear of something that we almost don't even remember is there anymore and then you sit there with this idea like if i fail you know that can't happen you don't even really hear what's going on inside but you just start thinking don't fail because to you it's death and by death it means this trauma pattern will come to light mm. so i like 
choosing my highest and being willing to sit through suffering with the intent of completely transcending that pattern versus the pattern starting to show up. So I'm going to go back into whatever, achieve even more and do everything I can to keep it down. The weird thing is I feel like 2020 was the beginning of all those inner patterns that we've all had in our body being forced to come to the surface. You mean collectively? Collectively and independently, right? So yes, all of us collectively and independently. So a great example would be before 2020, we might have had just our life decent enough, especially in somewhere like America, where you like could have had a mediocre relationship that was just enough that you don't have to look deeper. You could have had a decent enough job. You could have had the ability to go to restaurants and not think about it. You could have had the ability to travel. And in old self-help, we learned to think of the positive and just think of what you, you know, focus on the positive thing. And that really served a purpose at one point Mm -hmm. because the consciousness at one point was completely unconscious. So moving to a law of attraction or achiever motivation mindset would be the next phase. But at one point, we're now doing that and ignoring the negative, Mm -hmm. the shame, the guilt, all the stuff that's inside. So like this false positive or, um, what, what do they call that in wellness? Um, that kind of yeah spiritual bypassing and that kind of stuff yeah so the cheerleader as opposed to doing uh work that is more authentic right right well and also just there's the the when you finally are in the now you realize it also has the same amount of love for the energies that you perceive as negative in your body Mm -hmm. one of the things i've noticed in the last few years is that in the old days with self-help when you feel unworthy maybe you're going to achieve something to prove you're worthy What I've really gotten into in the last few years is helping people actually say out loud, you're allowed to be unworthy in my body. You're allowed to feel unloved in my body. You're allowed to be a failure, not with the intent of fixing it, but with the intent of like, I am a space of unconditional love. And instead of me just only getting to a high, I'm going to get to here. And I think that old self-help has you getting to a high, which is cool, but that's like winning in blackjack over and over and eventually you're addicted. Yes. Right. So you're going, I have to keep winning. I have to keep winning. And you're freer if you leave Vegas, (laughs) than if you're just in this get higher and higher and higher. And so I've, I've found that there needs to be a compassion that equally is held for the part of you that you've been avoiding Mm -hmm. the part of you that you don't love. And so I, I've been really excited about, you know, I meditate two hours a day. I listen to silence at least two hours a day. And I find that every goal and every next step in my life is also passing and then it leaves. And then if I don't do it, I can see that some trauma pattern will come up. Then I'm not enough to my mom or then whatever. And I'm more fascinated by that coming up. And then being alchemized and leaving because every pattern that's in your body is almost like a distortion that's stopping you from a direct connection to source. Mm -hmm. And when you start to really be present for it, it can come to light and leave. And then it's replaced by just more love, more God and weirdly, bizarrely higher level ideas that are more guided versus a force that you're trying to egoically create to avoid trauma. What I hear you saying is, uh, Basically, there is no suffering in a way you're saying, uh, because what the masses consider suffering because of their resistance to it, it is labeled suffering. And because uh, you meditate, right, I, 
I mean, I wish I could do that two hours a day. I don't, I don't, I do, I I do something else that starts with an M, but, uh, um, (laughs) but no, no, five minutes a day, maybe, but, um, if it's twice, it's two hours a day. That's it for you. But, um, five um, minutes and then an hour. No, you know what I do is I get on the motorcycle and it's very meditative. Oh, that was the M? Oh, no, it was not. That was, there's two M's. Yeah. That was the other M. That's, that's, yeah. Um, but, Most people, I think, so So I started thinking, um, because, you know, just being kind of street level, suffering came from distorted thinking, came from all the spinning thoughts, right? And then I started thinking, because I was thinking about my own definition today, you know, because mm-hmm. I was going to ask you. And then I, and then I was thinking, um, this idea of being in subtle fight or flight, which, which many people just kind of live, live right? Yeah. That can be a form of suffering. Um, for, so, so, so mind, but also state, like I've been really fascinated with, um, the state that we are in and how we feel as you drop into your body. And if we're always in a subtle panic, whether it's because of, you know, parenting, sleep, you know, deprivation or finances or whatever, broken hearts, or if you're always in kind of a, a subtle panic, I feel like that's a form of suffering. I feel like it's hard to break through and, um, live a life that is, that is meant for you because it's it's yeah. you're 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 trying to survive like you know i i often think of there's two types of pain i mean and and by the way i i wouldn't definitely say there isn't suffering mm-hmm. you know i i'm not blind to that there's major poverty in areas and sure. that there's people that can't eat or get water even so i want to make sure it's not filed to the viewer that i'm saying that doesn't exist but at the same time with pain I kind of see it as two types of pain. There's the pain where you actually go through the thing, which is like pulling the Band-Aid off, grieving, facing the loss of something. That really big thing that we're scared to do because it actually also helps release a part of what you thought was your identity. Mm -hmm. Meaning like when you break up with someone, for instance, or someone you love dies, also a part of what you thought was an egoic part of you, but is actually... It's, it's an egoic construct goes with it. It's like when you break up with someone, the you that you developed a relationship with them can die too. Right. So there's a big, big pain there. But that's still the one that I aim for versus the kind of I'm starting to feel pain. So I'm going to do something addictive, mm. which kind of has this long ongoing no real change but it's like there and that's a place where a lot of us live with just subtle addictions like scrolling through right. social media so like or a numbing, or, numbing kind of thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I that is the worst thing to me because mm. i just believe we're on this planet intentionally and you have this amazing opportunity to live fully and actually transcend this as long as you understand that's available <laughs> you know because i think that a lot of people if you haven't ever had an awakening, a moment of grace, an ayahuasca experience, a lot of meditation, you're not going to aim for that because you don't understand that yes. there is this other side to this. And so you're going to always just think that it's death for you to actually feel through something. But it's death of what you were and it's death of a false you. Hey, Dene, can you grab the mic? What is what is your uh, definition of, of of suffering? If you're listening to this uh, via podcast, we've got about 150 quiet people in the audience. <laughs> we have five friends. Okay, Danae, what is your definition of suffering? You mm-hmm. um, I mean, I really loved Kyle's definition. You it's, can't steal his shit. I Come mean- on, he works alone. <laughs> yes, you can. 
Yeah, I thought I thought that was so insightful. And I think so often the suffering is the story we're telling ourselves about what is happening versus the actual experience of what's happening. And I just, I can't articulate what you said again, but I really loved the way you spoke to that. Well, and adding to what you said, adding the to me point, mm. you know, how could they do this to, to me? me? The victim so you, thing. you keep a you alive that that isn't an actual real thing right this it, it's a fight to keep a story alive and that that idea of i in my eyes is almost always a collection of traumas and the character you created to prevent mm-hmm. them so you might fight to keep that alive but if you undo the to me they just did what they did and when you allow that or as maya angelo says love liberates like you're allowed to do that i don't mean come into my house and hurt me or something but a lot of the things we're saying to me that are not involving you Yeah, and if you didn't catch that, uh, the to me, which is victim mode, the most powerless state, by almost announcing your suffering, you're already by default kind of saying something's happening to me, which then is a victim mode as opposed to a through me, say, or for me. Yes. Right. It's right. A, you know, I'm, I'm doing Michael Beckwith's podcast tomorrow. Yep. And he wrote a book called Life Visioning that really walks through those stages. It's to, to me, me. Yeah, those are really powerful to me. By me, uh, through by me, me. For me. Yes, yes. Uh, yes. He, he has to me, by me, which is the, by me is yes. the second achiever. For me and through me. He Wait, has did he create these stages? Through me and as me are his. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, it's original in his book. I, I'm sure there's other ways. I mean, I've definitely gone through. Yeah. I, I, he- I heard that like a decade ago when I was going through my rebirth and it landed for me. Yeah. Um, I go through those stages daily. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The, yeah. the to me, by me, for me, through me. Yeah. We go through all of them, you know, but when you access even the last one, there still is a lot of, I find, to me that shows up and yes. by me, yes. you know, but you can work through it quicker from a higher consciousness. Millie, what is your definition of suffering? I think recently or my most recent definition of it is becoming aware of how much I was chasing something. Mm. And so... You mean chasing instead of uh, attracting kind of thing? What do you mean by chasing? Right. Yes. Chasing instead of just being, really. Not even being concerned with attracting. Just being. Um, And in, in the being, there will be attraction. But becoming aware of how much the constant thinking of what's next um, can create a suffering of, you know, it's never enough. Yes. yes and I so I think that's my most recent definition of, of suffering and something that I've sat with for a big part of this year. Thank you. Can you pass the could I do a, Could I do a quick thing with that sure. too? Of course. You know, the thought of what's next, right? If fill in this blank for me, because that's where I can, we can actually find the trauma here, right? If I don't know what's next, I am what? Like to the pattern that needs to know what's next, what's coming next. If I, if I don't know what's next, what? I am unsafe. I am unsafe. Now Mm -hmm. check this out. Take a deep breath in. And would you say to the energy in your body, because it's not you that's scared of being unsafe. Mm-hmm. It's a past you, mm-hmm. right? And it has a specific example in its stored cells that means unsafe, right? Mm-hmm. But you're the one sitting here, totally safe in this room, right? Right. So you right now are going to say to the pattern, you're allowed to be unsafe in mm. my body. Oh, 
you're allowed to be unsafe in my body. Yeah, because it's never heard that. Mm. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a five year old you that's doing everything it can to find safety and actually doesn't have a job if it's safe. Do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Right. So you are the now. You're the one that's here right mm-hmm. now, and mm-hmm. you're not worried about being unsafe unless there was like a gunman in here, or the place <laughs> was on fire. But it's finding unsafe even when you're in a safe place. So mm-hmm. the pattern, it must be a childhood you, mm-hmm. right? For sure. But, and the only thing the pattern wants to know is, am I loved even if I'm a failure, even if I'm not safe, even right. if I'm alone in this world, even if I'm lost, right? Yeah. And so when you say you're allowed to be unsafe, do you see the difference between that and the older construct of go, I'm going to find safety. And it's mm-hmm. always in knowing what's next, right. which is bizarrely an escape from what's true now, which is that you're safe. Exactly. <laughs> right. So it actually can't receive that you're safe because then she dies. Mm. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Absolutely. And the only way she'll actually dissolve is through your acceptance of her. In mm-hmm. fact, we could thank her because she saved your life so many times before you got here. Mm-hmm. Right. She was necessary. Mm-hmm. This is a big thing I talk about a lot is that I really believe suicide and the thoughts of suicide are a pattern and not you. Mm-hmm. And it's actually because a pattern actually needs to die because we're evolving. So one way I had it was codependency. I stayed safe with my mom, mm-hmm. you know, and stayed connected to her as a way to feel safe. You know, and then that created a codependent pattern, like, please see me and love me world. Then I became a comic and just got love from audiences all the time. Right. And so at one point when you feel unloved, sometimes you feel like you want to die. And then I tell it, you're allowed to die in my body or you're allowed to be unloved in my body. And I really believe the core us is not suicidal at all, Mm -hmm. but we link to a pattern and we say, it's me. This thing that was needed to protect you when you were a kid is now no longer necessary. It's just like, if you think you are windows 95, but you're actually the energy that's upgrading computers, but windows 95 would probably harm your computer now. So we can delete it. I'm like an Atari. Yeah. Yeah. You're a Tandy (laughs) 1000. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. I wanted, Atari I wanted, could die. Atari could die. <laughs> like we have better technology now, a little bit. I wanted to insert that um, I, love your, I love that you're a man. Thank you. I love that you're a man. Speaking these words, and uh, it's just refreshing. I was sitting here, and you were talking about safety and permission for a part of you to die yes. and stuff. Um, uh, none of my friends speak that way. Maybe so maybe one men yeah, yeah. So, I mean we but not that not that not that what we talk about is bad you know um, uh, cleaning jerks and pistons and motorcycles and you know and adventure and stuff that's all jujitsu uh, it's all it's all great stuff um, but it's also refreshing and, and I think the world is kind of headed this way where um, men can talk about these things too you know yeah. I'm lucky because I guess I was a stand-up starting at 12, so I've literally been talking about my perspective out loud to an audience. In fact, my growth has been, believe it or not, my growth has been almost the exact opposite of the main advice you would give someone. In other words, most people, they are not talking about their feelings. They're repressing them, right? My repressing in some ways, I mean, this is great here, but my repressing is talking through so many things that I already know the answer to or could just transcend if I just heard it. Mm. My dad kind of was a repressed energy, like in the house, he didn't talk about his feelings at all. And that 
ended up feeling not safe sure. at times. And I would do what I could to diffuse him in certain ways. Tap dance, make him laugh. Yes, up. yes. In fact, he bonded with me with stand-up comedy. Yeah. And then I became a comic and wondered if I was actually thinking it was my dream career, but was actually protecting myself from getting mm. hurt. Did you get bullied as a kid at all? Or how a little your, bit. I was yeah. a chubby kid and I was bullied. I remember one time, yes, when I was in seventh grade, like a bunch of jocks like surrounding me and pantsing me and all this stuff. And when I was funny... And when I did the assemblies and suddenly was actually doing comedy clubs and then telling people about it, I was suddenly not. They were almost like my friend all of a sudden. And the more famous I got or different things I got, they were suddenly bonded with me. Yeah. You know, so it was a protection mechanism. Sure. But what I was going to say is I used to, I actually think my repressing is extroverting everything. Like... I never had thought of it this way, but like the amount of times that I know what to do and check with someone else that maybe is at a different place. And I'm like, what do you think I should? And I, they already, I already know. And I'm almost waiting for it to file through everyone else's egos before I move forward. in what I already know is true. Wait, how is that repression? So are we, are you saying that by helping someone else in a way that you're using that to repress? No, I'm talking about with me, like there's feelings that I have that through so much meditation and inner work, I actually already can tell that just by being, it'll transcend. In fact, believe it or not, driving out here and traveling a little bit today, I was by myself a bunch today Mm -hmm. and I've just felt tears start showing up Mm. like and the amount of times that tears would be close and then i'd want to talk to someone about it and i actually could tell that for me this is a rare thing but i think because i've spoken my truth since i was a child and bonded with my mom over everything i feel Mm -hmm. right that actually growth for me is not talking and it's the actual opposite of when a man's repressing. It's like, I find that I can actually hear it and feel it. And my talking about it, like in many cases, a pain that's right here, it's like ready to come out. But I'm like checking in with someone I'm dating or something. What do you think about this? And they might not be in the same place. And so it's a rare case where most people are like, talk about your feelings. And that's true. Most men don't. And it's repressed. Mm-hmm. For me, it's the opposite. opposite yeah. yeah. Like I feel a direct connection to source trying to just take stuff out. And my, you know. So you talking about it is almost that's what's suppressing it. You need to not talk and sit with yourself. I, I find that just sitting with myself suddenly is a new thing for me. <laughs> like that. Yeah. When I've extroverted everything to an audience, my events are I'm talking through my stuff, even to the audience, you know, they're called evolving out loud and I'm helping them, but sometimes I'll be talking my issue out. Yes. And it's almost like God's like, listen, like your new growth is to not talk for a minute. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I could relate to that. I think I, I mean, I definitely need to sit with myself more often as well. Yeah. R- Meredith. Oh, sorry. Did you feel anything from that? I hope I'm not, is this format okay that i yeah there's a format did you what do you feel with that concept of like you're allowed to feel i definitely felt kind of a release or a relief in my body and so um also listening to my body is something that i that has been a priority over the last year and a half for me and so that was interesting because i had never i'd never heard it phrased that way you're allowed to feel unsafe with me. Yeah. And, and this, this is kind of an example of what I was just talking about in that, like you doing that makes you suddenly the space 
for her to be heard. So you're becoming like the safe mom you never had. You get what I'm saying? Or the safe parents. So you're, you're safe. There's a, there's a wholeness in this. There's a connection to self as opposed yes. to, right, mom. Yeah. Right. right. Or whoever. Or whichever parent, yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Right? So, yes. like, you could tell that from that point, if that was, like, really practiced and honed, she could easily become the space that's safe for that pattern to be released or and cried what, out. What does that, press, that process look like? Is that self-soothing? Is that talking? Everything, I guess, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, it, well, one is... Um, one way is for me is definitely just listening to silence and I, I you know, yeah. literally actively hearing silence for at least an hour a day is so crazy. Painful. <laughs> well, it is. So I have this thing I call breakup single soulmate. So if I go an hour, the first half an hour, right, is the egoic construct that I thought I was falling off. So I already know the first half hour sucks. Yeah, it's everything you got to do and all the ratter, yes. rattles and, and then and so it subtles. shows up and yeah, I'll just yeah. be listening and it's like, what do we do? And we got to do this and oh my God, it's going to be crazy. And, and all these things I thought of an accomplishment that I am or a story of something great. And I watch it just after a half an hour, usually, if I really don't interrupt it, I'm not checking the phone or anything. Yeah. After 30 minutes to 45 minutes, it's like, okay, I broke up with it. So there's kind of this freedom but there's nothing it's replaced by. And then I, I find almost every meditation, it's almost exactly 46 minutes in where some space that had higher level magic can reach me because the ego's not in the way. So sometimes it'll be a really amazing idea. Mm -hmm. uh, next step calling, just mm -hmm. the truth of the right. worthiness that you actually yeah. are. Um, a lot of times people say to me, I don't understand how you have time to listen to silence two hours a day. And I go, I, after a while, don't understand how anyone has time to not because I will wake up and be like, God, I got to call this person, this sure, person, this person. Yeah, yeah. And then I meditate two hours and I'm like, I totally don't have to call those people. Yeah. Wait, Meredith, don't you feel a micro micro version of what he's talking about in ice? So uh, yes. Meredith and I have we've been doing ice. She's my accountability partner. We've been doing ice plunges daily, oh, very cool. and um, the first, uh, I mean, it's only, the whole thing's only four minutes. So the the first, you know, uh, fifteen seconds, thirty seconds, yes, panic. What am I doing? This is ridiculous. And then, but once all that kind of subsides and you kind of go yes. inward, yes. you no longer kind of feel the cold, but now you start to feel calm. Yes, and then I think you kind of create a space where the chatter dies down, and then you can be more of a conduit to uh, being open to whatever, whether that's thoughts, revelations, yes. God's touch, you know, something. And then by minute four, you come out. And you've got dopamine in your head. You feel super calm. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, your body thought it was dying, but you're in kind of a different state, right? But don't you feel a micro version of what he's talking about in the, in the ice plunge? Because yes. it's a meditation. Yeah, for sure. And I think for me, because I'm such an overthinker, to be in my body, you know, to feel my body, to feel that cold, to feel that I'm having a hard time catching my breath it makes this quiet and then I have to be really present to what's going on in my body, which gives this a break, which then feels, brings peace. I, I think. Can I play with something you said? Is sure. this okay? Like, I don't know if this format is what you guys no, want. It's so it's actually, it's, it's, it's working. What, yeah. what, what I no, imagined. Yeah. Well, when you said I'm an overthinker, mm -hmm. I just want to offer you the pattern is mm. you're the now. 
And whenever we say I am and then list the pattern, we identify with it so it can't die. Because if it dies, then you die if you think that's you. But I really believe that a pattern out of necessary protection in the past is an overthinker. And I'm not saying you haven't only experienced in all of your life a ton of overthinking. But I just think that we don't understand what we truly are more and more. And when we defend I am always broke, I am, you know, a procrastinator, whatever, it gives it this thing. I'm not not seeing or not hearing what you're saying. It's just kind of an offer that I've discovered is that we, we often unconsciously say I am and then fill it with something, even positive things are so much smaller than what we are. Mm -hmm. And, um, Labeling yourself is what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And no, I, I agree with you. Like what you guys did, what you were saying about like um, not knowing what's next, like 100%. I could 100% relate to not feeling safe, all, all of that. Um, and I guess, and I guess I should be more mindful of my words because I would actually have maybe, I don't feel like I am an overthinker actually any, anymore. Um, I would, I, I guess what I should say to be more mindful of my words is just to, um, sometimes I sh- struggle with just being able to, um, not control my thoughts, but, but sort of just to be more mindful of w- what I'm thinking and what's happening. Does, does that make more sense? So like instead of, I think before I would, my mind was sort of like, you know, what did the Buddha say? The monkey, like the drunk monkey. Um, I definitely could relate to that before. And I feel like my monkey has, you know, sobered up. <laughs> yeah, going through the program. Um, but I do feel like I'm, you know, I'm trying to, I, I'm work, I'm just to be sort of more conscious, you know, um, because like back to the suffering, right? Because I find that, that not being more conscious about what's happening here leads to more suffering. Right. Yes. So I'm so yes, I appreciate what you're saying. And and if I actually think about it, it's actually not how I would describe myself right now. It's probably more of how I would have before, but I feel like I have how do you, made some shifts. How do you um define like what does that look like to you to be more conscious of it? Hmm. Well, I think that like back to this suffering, I like for me, I realized that that's like my suffering is like basically a way of opposing myself. Like it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's a form of self-hatred, but I would definitely say it's not being, um, it's not helping me, you know, it's hurting me. The suffering, the, the thinking about things that upset me that may or may not be true. Future tripping. tripping. Thought ruminating, what thoughts is, about what's happening. What does it want? Like, why is it? What is its biggest fear? The suffering itself. Like, what is its? Well, I think I definitely have a thing about um, being scared to be happy. Mm-hmm. For, sh- for sure. Yeah. Like, it keeps me safe. Mm-hmm. It keeps you safe to not be happy. The suffering on some level keeps me safe because then if I'm happy, then something bad will happen. And then, you know what I mean? I mean, it's messed. Like, I know, like, it's better to have that those moments of happiness than to have not. Like, I understand it. But like, it's hard for me to 
that space in between to get there. If, if I took away the part that said happy and just honed in on that it's scared, do you get what I mean? Like, in other words, you said it's scared to be happy. Was that the right phrase? Yeah. Okay. Like something bad will happen. I'll show you something cool that I figured out, which is that when we say what we're scared of or what we're mad about or why we're sad, if I had two different, if I had two of the same story, but if I just said to you, okay, this guy's really upset, right? And I said, this guy's upset because someone cut him off in traffic. If I say this guy's upset, what are we going to focus on? His feelings, right? Mm -hmm. If I say this guy's upset because someone cut him off in traffic, what are we focusing on? The person who cut him off. off. Mm -hmm. So we leave the feelings, Mm -hmm. right? We leave the reason or we leave the actual thing to look at, right? And I always think of the inner child as my literal child, right? So if my daughter who's six said to me, I feel really unseen, and then I, in response, ran out the door and knocked on the neighbor's door and made her tap dance in front of them <laughs> to get her seen, <laughs> right? Which is kind of what we do. I feel unseen, so I'm going to find a partner. I feel unseen, so I'm going to talk my spouse into getting my point. I feel, right? So we leave the energy uh, that's there for the reason, right? So I hear that it's scared to be happy, and I hear that whole thing. But if I look at you can't be happy, then I leave that there's just an energy that's scared, right? And then we're even more back at the time, right, when that was created, right? And just if I focus on the scared that's there, right, there's a girl inside that's scared, Mm -hmm. right? Do you hear how, because it's like, because happy equals unsafe, right? But if we're looking at don't be happy, we leave unsafe, right? So she feels unscared, or she feels scared. And what are you, what are you feeling right now as you're feeling? And you're so heroic to do this. I feel like I'm forcing coaching on you, but I guess I'm you're... I'm also going to send you an invoice. Just FYI. Um, no, I'm, 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 thank you for asking these questions. I appreciate it. I, um... How do I feel right now? I feel, I feel like I, sometimes I wonder, like, cause I am scared. I don't know where it all comes from. You don't need to know that. Right. Like, so Vivi, my daughter says to me, I'm scared. And if I need to know where it came from, mm. where, or I got to figure her out mm. or I got to get over her. Think of all the little terms we have in the spiritual world that are actually abusing ourselves. Mm. I got to get over this. I got to figure out where it came from. So we leave her, you know, and go, what's the history of this, right? But what does Vivi need? If Vivi tells me I'm scared, my six-year-old daughter, what does she need? She feels safe. It's just, I hear her, and I hug her. I have understanding. Right? Compassion. Right? So so this is beautiful. So she's scared, right? And and, And I'm watching you release right now. It's so beautiful. And I believe what you've cried out so far is permanently gone. I'm not saying there's not more coming, but like imagine some charge that has been in your body your whole life, just a little bit of it left. So you're slightly energetically lighter right now, right? So what are you feeling right or What's she feeling right now? The energy in the body? I think, um, she feels seen wow a little bit maybe that was the only problem 
Like, what if all of our strategies were to stop her from being seen on our, like, we're doing it to ourselves? That's so much of my, yeah. Right? Yeah. So she feels seen. Yeah. And she's allowed to be seen. Like, right? She's allowed to be seen. Yeah, you could tell her you're allowed to be seen in my body. You're allowed to be seen in my body. Because maybe seen before wasn't safe, right? So, right? Yeah. So take a deep breath in to like just receive. You just cleared out some stuff, so we're bringing light in there. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I I hope this format's exciting for you, (laughs) but I'm just suddenly going into coaching, but I assume that's... I wanted this to be a blank canvas, and then from from what I um, know about you, I felt like, okay, I don't want to Zoom with him, invite him to your house, and uh, get some real bodies in the room. Do you know that... And then that's it, you know? Do you know that it was like maybe Wednesday last week, my team and I got together, Mm -hmm. and we had this inspired idea to write a hundred, you know, big gun podcasters, authors, people that we love. Mm. We had your name on a list. I and then you wait, contacted so me that night. So the DM that I contacted you was from seven years ago. And you're... But ass- you, didn't you reach out also Wednesday night? No. It, I, I think your assistant reached out and said, Oh, okay. oh I actually, I've, I've read your books. Um, sorry, I, I think you have a new team now, whatever. But that was... Like seven years ago. Oh, okay. Um, so I misunderstood, or maybe my Mary had told me. I but, thought that, but that you was great because I felt like we wrote your name down. Well, I felt like I wasn't. I wasn't mean. I, well, I don't even. I had a podcast then, but I don't think I was, we were meant to collide then. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's it's definitely. I didn't have the garage. Grown and deeper. You didn't have the garage yet. We would have been doing this on a carport with only two of these people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Super. <laughs> and I would have been focused on the happy side. Yeah. Yeah. Seven years ago, I would have done this totally wrong. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> But uh, that was very sweet of your assistant to say, um, A, that she read my books, but... but uh, oh, man, but uh, we love you. We Single did... on Purpose was incredible. Oh, thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. I, and I have, I'm still on the other one, but like, I, I really needed it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, so it was really very sweet for her. Because it came out of nowhere. I was like, that was seven years ago. But you know what? what, what um, I... I just think it's beautiful the way that we are connected now. Uh, even you know, even though we're talking about scrolling and how that can be uh, uh, numb and, and toxic, um, things like a return DM from seven years ago creates this kind of experience slash collision that just fell from the sky, you know. And so it's, it, so cool. it's not you know, I mean, it's not just about focusing on dick pics. Like good things also happen, which is um, what I thought our podcast was going to be. It would have been. I had a whole lineup of pictures for you yeah it would have very uh yeah yeah but but that but this this is nice yeah this yeah. Is, but i knew really i knew that if, if i provided a blank canvas i knew that your brush strokes would be uh coming from um the here and now and coming from not yes. not not uh coloring by numbers but coming from hey this is what i feel this is what i feel let's look at this and so there's, that's there's, there's actually podcasts i have like six months from now asking me for the questions to ask them i'm like dude it's six months from now i don't like i don't know how to tell you what to ask me you'd get what i'm saying yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. like the now talks i mean i i just feel you like know? that's how you uh function and i just thought yeah. i'm just gonna start with suffering and then we'll see where it goes vanessa what's your definition of suffering guarantee <laughs> Kind of. That's my that's my most recent. Um, no, I mean I think that the def like the definition has kind of been covered um, so far. Uh, you know, it's always for me been 
the thoughts about the thing are what create the actual suffering, right? Uh, and I think where I'm at in my life right now, still being a newish mom, you know, we have a three and a half year old. Um, I'm almost like envious of you when you say you have two hours of silence. It actually makes me want to cry how envious I am. <laughs> of two hours a day of silence. Oh my God. That sounds like a fucking dream. Um, <laughs> like a dream that feels so intangible that I, I could cry. <laughs> right, Meredith? Like an assigned hour that you have. Because I'll tell you, when Vivi was a baby, on the times that I meditated, she would fall asleep in my arms. Yeah. Mm. And the times I didn't, I would still be moving the exact same way, but she would be chaotic. Yeah. And I, I just find, like, what the world becomes when you're connected to yourself, it's, I really believe it mirrors you, as crazy as this sounds. I, I think that that's actually, talking about suffering, I think that since having a child, well, I mean, listen, we all know there are gurus, right? I mean, they come here to teach us so much more than we could ever learn without them here. Um, but I think that's been a little bit of the, in the last few years, me turning this idea of suffering over in my head and in my hands because my meditation practice was so strong and my practice of finding stillness was so strong before finding and having her, which has completely kind of thrown me for a loop. Um, still don't feel like I've kind of come back down to earth. And I, I think a lot of the suffering for me right now, uh, again, definition-wise, is more about... Um, how do I articulate this? Like the difference between what you were saying to say like Millie or Meredith, where it's like, you're allowed to be scared of my body. You're allowed to be, you know, unseen. You're allowed to feel unworthy or whatever the word is. That's the struggle. Um, versus I have a tendency to go into the fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. I'll feel unworthy if I fucking want. And you can, get out of here kind of thing. And then I, I get very like, I got this thing down. Like, I'm fine. I can feel unworthy because no one gets to tell me. It's a very kind of like sassy way of being like, I fixed that problem for myself. Um, I think that has reared itself up more recently because of my lack of stillness. Honestly, I don't know if any of that's making sense, but it just feels very present right now for me. Like, I'm very in this like protective of self mode. Like I need to fight to carve out my silence. It's a very fight kind of feeling. And that didn't used to necessarily be where I was at. I don't know. That was a long roundabout way of kind of explaining it. <laughs> I just hear you on that. Mm. You know, like I, everything feels like a fight, I guess is what I'm saying right now. Could I'm just happy her answer wasn't the crazy Korean, <laughs> the suffering piece. <laughs> I mean, which I'm sure is part of it. <laughs> Have you brought, is, is, again, is, is, this is okay if I bring something? Because I also respect you and I respect everyone here. I know you're all trained in your fields and stuff. So it's, it's also humbling for me to even offer advice to you guys. But um, have you said to, I find that whatever, the real problem is our resistance to a thing that's there. So what if you brought you're allowed to have to fight for everything. Remember, this isn't aiming for it. Right. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I'll say to people that are, you know, there's people that want to be really rich because their deepest fear is being broke. So I'll have them say, you're allowed to be broke in my body. That doesn't mean they're going to aim for it. Right, right. You know what I mean? But it's bringing love to the other thing. And so what I, what I was, one thing that came up for me was you saying, you have to fight for stuff, but hearing a slight, that's not okay. Do you get what I'm saying? And like, and I wonder if 
ironically, I wonder if I should even say this part yet so it can be seen, but like it would soften it if you're not trying to force the softening. Like it's not okay that I'm fighting and then try to create a a softness out of your rebellion from the fighter. (laughs) You know what I mean? But if the fight, like just to bring compassion to yourself, you're allowed to fight, have to, you're allowed to have to fight for so many things right now. You know what I mean? Like, what does that feel like? Like where it's like, even that's okay. Like, well, it feels like there, there's a slight acceptance of self, right? Whatever capital S self, whatever part of that is, I think, um, yeah, it, it feels a little bit like, like an embracing of the part of me that actually is the fighter. And that's okay. Yeah. Like I actually really value her, yeah. and I think she's been she's been maybe beat up on a lot. Yes. Um, for being right, not not soft enough, not feminine enough, not right. loving enough, not demure enough, not quiet enough, not open enough, whatever the word is, right? And I, I think I'm in a state where right now I'm struggling between is that true or is the other part of me just really needs a lot of acceptance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And imagine the irony of you becoming the soft space of acceptance to the pattern. Mm -hmm. It's sure not me saying soften, but if you were like telling a pattern, you're allowed to be a fighter in my body. You're starting to suddenly allow it there, but it wouldn't have as much charge or force all of a sudden because you're this compassionate space for it. You can still fight when you need to fight, but she's allowed. Is the action of allowing by definition softening you? I think that the, I think that it's seeing something more like, like I'm with you and I see you. I think that there's so many solutions that we create without knowing the problem. Like when you're saying, what do I do? What do I do next to fix? What do you get what I'm saying? Like, like when we're going, what do I do? How do I get to, I'm almost always hearing because if I don't, I'm a failure. If I don't, you know, whatever the pattern is, or I'm unsafe or dad hits me again or whatever it is. Right. So there's, it's so funny because we're so finding a solution and I'm like, what's to what problem? And I think that our goal almost now is to see the energy that you see as the problem. Right. And so if there's an allowance to the fighter, right. Then all of a sudden she's just a little more seen right? And part of what she's fighting for might be a current thing now, but it also probably has a thing from before it that it's fighting for. Mm -hmm. But if you suddenly bring, she is completely allowed to be here. Like I bring all of mine, the, the shamed kid, the unloved, you know, he's allowed to be here. I'll just be sitting present at a restaurant or something. I could be talking to someone and I'll just feel, oh, I feel insecure. I feel unloved. And I'll just, then I'll override it with love and be like, you're allowed to be here. Mm -hmm. And I'm just sitting there looking like I got all my shit together, but inside I'm like, you're allowed to feel off. You're allowed to feel gross. You're allowed to feel Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it. It's almost like it, it diffuses it. It's like diffusing a bomb a little bit. Right. Because when you say that, I think, okay, the fighter, I, I really, even going back to what I first started saying about like, God, I would kill for two hours of silence. I think the fighter in me, I mean, totally goes back. It's like, I'm constantly fighting for space. I'm constantly fighting for my independence. I'm constantly fighting for some fucking air. <laughs> right. And what I'm realizing that is in saying that it's like, you're diffusing a bomb. Like, well, you're allowed to be a fighter right now. All of a sudden the fighter's like, wait, wait, yes. what? Is that- wait, what? Like, it- but I have to fight. Uh, 
What? Like, it's diffusing that fighting. Was, was not being allowed. Yeah. Did you see that? Like, when you said you're allowed to, and she suddenly, but now wait, now what? I have nothing against me. These patterns need something against them to even stay alive. Right? right? Like, to, to exist, they have yeah. to have something at war with them or that they're buried and hidden. Yeah. Right? So what you're doing is is huge to just to tell her and and that by the way is you seeing your inner child which just totally makes it so much easier to hear and see your your kid or John or you know what I mean because you're seeing her but I I think that almost what we're moving to is a time where doing doesn't work anymore in an older consciousness you are loved for what you do and now that doesn't work in fact how many I'm sure people watching here or people watching here, how many times recently have you started a, this next thing is the answer to my life. And then three days later, or even two hours later, like, what am I doing? Right? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you're like, I'll write this book or I'll start my business this way, or it's this relationship. And then whatever, it's like no linear timeline is going to work anymore because that doing was your fix to something you weren't seeing. And it's not sustainable now because it's still too light now. I, I, that thing you were trying to fix, you see too much. So you see through this new doing. So seeing is the new doing. And seeing alchemizes it, right? So seeing the fighter in you with unconditional love. I believe we're on this planet to learn love. And can you learn love for the parts of you that you consider your darkness, that you consider your, you know, the bad part of you, right? I think what makes it dark is that it's unseen. And then it's unseen, so we judge it. But if it was allowed to be seen, all of a sudden it just is, (laughs) right? So it's almost like we're moving our consciousness from the small that doesn't see as well to a bigger and bigger lens. It's almost like before 2020, I believe the collective had what they thought was a one-story house and life was keeping it clean. After 2020 for a year, you discover there's a secret (laughs) attic down here. The bad news is there's dead bodies and rats all over. But the good news is you can now see a two-story house, right? You can see that there was more. I mean, all the stuff that's coming to light in the in the world and in our body was also there 30 years ago. It's the same politicians as a long time ago. So we're starting to see our government and our media aren't who we thought they were. And all the underground stuff is coming to light. It's like this alchemizing, like Sound of Freedom came out this summer. My, my friend Tim Ballard, the movie about him and, and child trafficking, stopping child trafficking. I don't think the consciousness would have been willing to hear that movie 20 years ago. And it was like the biggest movie of the summer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, yeah, I think the world is very open to um, a lot of things that, of course, 20 years ago, they would, you know, turn, turn their eye yeah. or, or ears. Um, you know, this idea of, um, so, you know, we all want to be seen. We all want to be heard. We all want to be accepted. Um, this idea of us giving that to ourselves, right? Uh, this idea of us, um, whether it's permission or showing parts of ourselves that we have labeled uh, wrong or dark or shadow or, you know, we all have those sides. Um, is is that actually, like, is the action of showing parts of you that that you thought were bad, right? So in her, her case, um, not being enough or 
you need to turn yourself down or, you know, all these things that yeah. she carries. Um, you acknowledging and also giving your permission to uh, embrace and encourage that part of you. Is that where the connection lies? Is that what um, being seen, is that self-acceptance? Is that love? Is that is that the reunion? Yeah. You, know, you know what I'm saying? I, I, the way I see it is it's that high, high versus here. I think that we, if we were in an abundant enough society, lived on a false high, meaning like I am my accomplishments. I am so excited about this thing in the future. Yeah. So I see it as like we are water skiing above the ocean of our soul, mm-hmm. right? And we're looking through the lens of optimism and future and possibility. Mm-hmm. And that is all unconsciously in the past a major uh, dissociation from what's here. But since the entire collective was living there, then you don't, you don't even, no one goes into the ocean of their soul. It's not a normalized world yet. So the shift for me really was understanding that I'm here, meaning like this space can see everything. So for instance, in an argument, even if two sides are having an argument, both sides have a point. It, it, and when you're in the ego, you don't hear the other side. They're, they're, they're just in the way of your small self. But from the now, you understand that this side has a point, even if it's not the right point to the ego or whatever, it needs to come to light. It just needs to be heard, mm-hmm. right? Like it matters almost, it doesn't matter what the point is. It doesn't matter what the point is. The fact that it has a point is, is what matters. Even, of, right? even if its facts are all wrong, right, right. it has to come to the light, sure. right? Because it's stuck. So when, when someone's saying something and then someone else like gets on top of them and goes, that's not what happened or that's not what I said, even if that isn't what they said, even if they're totally right, mm-hmm. this person needs to get, it's like this is trying to come up And so when something comes in and stops it, that's the smaller self, because no matter what, everything going on in the world is a fact. So when we're trying to egoically change it, we're just repressing it and creating more of it. I believe that our power is, don't hear this as passivity, but in accepting what is. Like the suffering is the argument with what is, is the biggest definition I could say. It's the argument with it. That doesn't mean... We don't still go do something to fix something. Yeah, you don't just sit on your couch and cross fingers. Right. Right, you're active. But the amount of things that we're fixing that we actually haven't seen, like when we're in the energy of just panic, fight or flight, what do I do about, what do I do about, you want to go, what's wrong? Like what, yeah. what is this doer yeah. that's doing out of something that's not seen? Mm-hmm. That, that thing needs to be seen and then you'll still do things, but you won't do things from the same frequency as the thing you're trying to fix. Because like you're in the same thing as the problem out there, right? So when you, so for a great example for me is that once I finally actually faced, to go into this again, I don't mean to, but like to go into the fact that once I finally really saw, learned, listened, and understood that child trafficking exists mm-hmm. and got to a point where I didn't accept it like that's, that's great. I, I understood it so much that it actually forced me to connect to more of my body to understand it and created a me that brought solutions in. Our events have now brought in 600 plus thousand dollars to stop child trafficking. But it's because I understand that it's there. In other words, more change can happen, not from the panicked small you, but from your full acceptance and understanding that it's there 
because now that I see that it exists and understand it, there's a me that's so much more powerful that can bring change to it more than if I'm in fight or flight. Like, I can't believe this is happening. I don't even want to hear it. Okay, yeah. I'll fix it. Like, right. So the small self can't do as much as the true self can about issues, right? And about issues with the partner, about issues in the world. Mm-hmm. So, the tr- so it's not even just seeing it. It's like, really, my biggest intention on the planet is to know what I truly am. That's my number one intention. And isn't what you truly are always changing? Like, isn't that a moving target? You know, I don't think I, I, I mean, there's well, definite yeah, adjustments that there's definite different adjustments that move me towards it. Mm-hmm. But I think that I can tell still I'm moving towards this one steady thing, which basically is the alchemizing of as many false patterns in my body as possible. Mm-hmm. Massive presence and I, and the more i do this work the more i even wonder if there this will sound crazy talk but if there is an i <laughs> right because the i is usually attached to past yeah. right it's attached to victimhood or achievement it's attached to an opinion which is just an argument with god like i like her hat <laughs> or i don't <laughs> like i don't think it should be on this planet you know it's all separation mm-hmm. you know I did an exercise once with a friend 10 years ago where we said, let's spend a week not saying I. We couldn't say I. Mm. Dude, it was the most empowering week ever. There's a girl that I liked that worked at Whole Foods, and I couldn't say I. And I got her number, and I wanted to send her a text, and I had to do it without the I. You just um, emojis? Well, instead of, yeah, no, it was actually, it was the most beautiful thing because the ego wanted to say like, I think you're amazing, which is really about, you got my approval or whatever. I think you're awesome. I want to take you out, whatever. She was, Wait, what about the empowering I? I need to be heard or I, I would like to be understood or like, you know what I'm talking about? Like that I, the I that is. Uh, standing up for you. Well, check out the, the, yeah. where this went because with her, so she, I, I noticed that people would get in her line the most. She was very adorable and she's very sweet. And people get in her line the most, and they would donate to a Whole Foods foundation. And she was winning every month at like wow. who, which teller got the, yeah, yeah. you know, and this was giving micro, uh, micro loans to. Uh, I remember it was like female entrepreneurs in impoverished areas. Mm-hmm. Okay. And also it was money was going to, I think, dogs that are, you know, stray and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I'm writing this thing to her, but I couldn't say I. So I just said somewhere a, a woman who wanted to fill her dream is able to, you know, follow her heart and do it. Somewhere a dog is being rescued. Mm-hmm. And I listed like five things like that. And I said, all because of a smile that a girl gives it's making me want to cry now because there's no i bringing what i can get there's no anything it you, was, you texted her this which means you got her number i had gotten her number and i and i don't remember if i wrote it in an email or what but i was communicating my first communication to her yeah was and she became my girlfriend for two and a half years oh, wow. because like because yeah but then i then we broke up when i started bringing the eye back yeah after two and a half <laughs> I feel like had I kept the eye out, oh my God, like, I, like there is so nothing, there's so much nothing 
that we say, you know, like when I just even at the gym and you just hear people, I'm not trying to be a jerk and I'm kind of judging right now. So this is a pattern for me. But when someone says to another guy, like this guy giving you trouble, (laughs) okay, or uh, (laughs) watch out for this guy. Don't give him any money. But like everyone does that line and you're just like trying to work out and like, you know, I'm just like, what? I don't know how what they're doing. He's trying to connect. I know. And that's how he does it through posturing. Yeah. But I see yeah. through it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course. I wish he would just say, I'm trying to connect to you. That's, because yeah, that yeah. would be Horrible. authentic. That would be a yeah. I don't know what to say to you. I feel awkward alone. I need to make yeah. sounds. That would yeah, be yeah, the yeah. most amazing yeah. truth. Yeah. Right. How much yeah. can you lift? Right. You know, How much? Can, yeah. <laughs> but when he's just saying that football team did this to me, I'm just like, I don't know. I can't even fake laugh when they, watch out for this. I'm just, no. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't, I can't join them yeah. in that fake yeah. area. Yeah. <laughs> Neat. I don't know what you need. Like, I have no ability. I just see I'm hurting inside. I wish he'd say that. Can you imagine if someone, uh, you know, so like locker room, someone yeah. says, yeah, you know, I just, uh, I just saw you uh, squatting, you know, blah, they're trying to connect to that way. And you're like, I, I, I see that you're trying to connect to me. Yes. Hey, let's let's have a real conversation. Yes. It would totally um, shake the other person and diffuse in a way. Uh, and probably be too real. They'd run. Really get away from me. They'd run. Yeah, they would Some run, people, right, if they're identified yeah. as that shallow layer, and then sure. you talk that way, that can be scary. Can be but I always think that, like, when you get onto an elevator and there's someone attractive next to you and you want to talk to them, and you don't know what to say, the thing you should say is, "I don't know what to say to you right now," right, right, or right. "I'm trying to think of something to say to you." Yeah. That's the actual thing you're thinking. But instead, we're like, there sure is weather outside. And then they're like, the, yeah. there was weather yesterday, too. And now you're starting a bullshit conversation. And this is your partner. Like, yeah. this is, you're going to marry this person that you've started talking about. You don't care about the weather. No. Neither do they. They don't care. <laughs> Malia, what is your definition of suffering? I'm, I'm kind of glad I went last. Um, I had some time to think about it. I, I think... A common theme that's come up in my life so far is hiding in plain sight. And what I mean by that is like there was years where I was like, I didn't like to drink, but I did anyway. And I'm coming up on seven years sober, but I um, thank you. And or something like like someone could disagree with me, but I think mothers are forgotten. I have a 15 month old and I feel like you were talking about the doing. If I'm not I'm I'm used to doing like if I'm not doing something Am I going to be liked? Are you going to love me? Do I have purpose and worth if I just stop? And that, and then I feel forgotten because it's like then I'm with myself and I am lonely. And I think it's like I want community. I want it right here. And yeah, or like my insecurities getting in the way of me just speaking up for myself belittling or making myself small for someone else and I do think the twist to that stepping into motherhood has allowed some of those shackles to fall at least fall not they're not here on my shoulders anymore they're maybe down my knees and that's a much better position for it to be for me right now um yeah does that make sense like I that's just something I'm working through and I resonated a lot with all you women and you Vanessa too and just this or even like my the anger that I get and then I'm like just this misplaced anger and then but hiding it and then I'm more angry Mm -hmm. and then um 
So just going through that process, that rebirth process and allowing myself to show up, like, what does that mean? Um, I'll stop it there. No. And yours is right on the surface. Like you're, you're like, I just can, I want to pop at that. (laughs) Like I can't see it. (laughs) Well, yeah. One of the things you just said is that like, if I'm, if I'm not loved for what I do, was that then the people will leave? Yeah. Okay. You, were you ready for a big one? Oh, hit me. Okay. Take a deep breath in. Okay. Say out loud. People are allowed to leave me. Ooh. Okay. People are allowed to leave me. Anyone that only loves you for what you do should leave you. Mm. Right? Because you've accessed a consciousness that sees through your pattern Mm -hmm. and you're connected more to what you are. Mm -hmm. Right? So the mirror to that is a whole new group of people that are going to love you for who you are, not what. Mm -hmm. Like there's a type of friend, there's a type of whatever that you might have created out of the pattern, Mm -hmm. right? That you're going to keep it together so because when you were a kid, you were loved for what you do and not right. what you are. Mm-hmm. So that might be who you select in your life and bring into your life and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But you have a consciousness that's too high to maintain that pattern. Mm-hmm. See, some people have the curse and blessing of not knowing anything going on and kind of living in that pattern for life, Mm -hmm. but you're here. Like you wouldn't be interested in this podcast. You wouldn't be interested in doing this work Mm -hmm. if you didn't have a connection to a deeper truth. So the suffering comes from keeping the old story alive while having some knowledge that it's not true. Mm -hmm. And if the people that you keep in your life that only see themselves as what they do and only love you for what you do, then you're keeping the old, it's like you're keeping the third grader alive while you're a senior, Mm -hmm. right? You're like a senior in college but you're keeping your third grade alive, right? So if people are allowed to leave, what do you feel? Like, like, and picture the one you're most scared of leaving, <laughs> you know? Um, I'm trying to think. Well, I mean, this person already left. And so I feel there is a grieving in there and it's having to go through the grieving, sit with myself. There's an empowerment though, because yeah. it's like, I like, I look at my son and I'm like, how could you not love something like that? Like, how could I am, I see me, how could I not love me? Okay, then okay. Like if you leave, okay, I'm still who I am. Um, So I guess there's like some acceptance, but it's just like, oh crap. Like it's, uh, there's an element of I'm alone. Yeah. Could you say this to the pattern? You're allowed to be in my body (laughs) you're allowed to be alone in my body yeah take a deep breath in now trust me we're not creating a life where no one will be with you but we are undoing the fear that keeping people with you has been avoiding in other words like if if everyone stayed you'd never see any of these patterns right but if they go then that comes to light right So if that pattern can be allowed, you can sit with the aloneness because we've been fixing it through someone outside of you. Mm -hmm. And so the pattern is never really seen. It's just kind of numbed. And I I still believe in having amazing connections and relationships, but more from your whole, even if you're alone, Mm -hmm. if they're out of, I can't be alone then they they won't be sustainable. I really believe God takes, or whoever, the universe, life, if you're an atheist, whatever, takes away 
the thing that you go, I will die if I don't have it. So it can show you that you're alive without it. Right. And so if you keep all your circumstances the way you want it, you would never look at any of this. And you just always be feeling off even when all of life is perfect and circumstantially, when you're looking at it circumstantially. But like this girl allowed to be alone means you're with her. Right. And what are you feeling right now? Oh, there's an image I have of myself from when I was a little girl. Unfortunately, my mom cut my hair, so it's like a cereal bowl, bowl cut on top of my head. But uh, she's like reaching out to be with this version because this version's safe. This this version's okay, and it's just us, and we're okay. Yeah, yeah, we're we're okay. We're just breathing. We're, we're fine as is, just as is. There's nothing else to it. Do you have anything associated to if they leave? Like if they leave, they'll also hurt me if they leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah? yeah? What's that? What do you mean? If, if you want to share. Like if they leave, if also they leave, what happens? They're, they're going to come after me. They're going to come and after you. And then that's you. more work for me. So I just want to separate the two fears, right? In other words, we think that it's one fear, but that's actually linked to another Do you get what I'm saying? Like if someone in their childhood was alone once with someone and then they were robbed or someone bad showed up in the house, they might think they're scared of alone, Mm -hmm. but it might be then I'm re-abused or do you get what I'm saying? Yes. So you have alone, but then you have alone um, equals they come after you. Mm -hmm. So it's not alone that you're scared of. I guess not. Right? Yeah. Do you see what I'm doing? Like we're, yeah. we're separating that. So what happens? They come after you? Mm-hmm. Can I ask what that means? Um, like they sue you or are they? No, they uh, are just kind of hover over me. Stop you. Uh, and they want to make me small. Yeah. They want to. Oh. What would you say? They want to hurt, hurt me emotionally. Physically? No, no. no. Like, like, like parents do. Hovering over you kind of thing. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. It's usually an older figure, but they want to emotionally cause damage. Yeah. Now, if I say this, you got to hear this the right way because this will sound so weird, but you'd say, like, even when you say this, you're still going to not choose them, but to undo the charge. This is going to sound nuts and this will be, but if you say they're allowed to hurt me, but get what I'm saying. We're not aiming for it or letting anyone in your life that's abusive. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. We're undoing your war with the avatar of them that exists in your body. So I'm no longer a prisoner to that. Yeah. Yes, because there's the them outside, and we also have a them. We have a we have everyone in our life also that exists in our mind. Like there's a Donald Trump in your mind. There's a your ex boyfriend or whatever in your mind. And a Donald Duck. And a Donald <laughs> Duck. Yeah, but so. Sometimes the person that currently leaves could be an amalgam of all the people that hurt you in the past or your dad also, or do you get what I'm saying? So what you're doing is dissolving this because if it stays in there unconsciously, believe it or not, we aim for it. We aim for it on the external, like whatever you're most scared of, you keep aiming for it, right? You know, for me, whenever you say they're allowed to, whatever it is, for me, it makes me let go of the wheel. So for me, it's a control thing. So when I say, oh, they're allowed to leave me or they're allowed to hurt me or they're allowed, 
I, I no longer feel like I have to control something. So there's, yes. a, there's a free freedom in that. There's a, uh, not only an acceptance, but kind of, um, a letting go mm-hmm. and, it, you know, of, um, someone's, yeah, that, that, that can be possible and that can happen, right? Like my agent is allowed to dump me, mm-hmm. right? So if that's a fear of mine, yeah, because my, 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 um, you know, let's say a book's not selling or, or, or I'm not getting book deals. And let's say, so then if I say that she's allowed to dump me, there's a release and there's a acceptance and there's a, oh, I can't control that situation. So then I no longer am chasing. Right. I let go of that. Uh, it's no longer lying with desperation and me waiting by the phone. Does well, imagine sense? what you would be like if we just say she's not allowed to. I just picture you like right. being in her face, like going through house. Yeah, making sure, fixing yes. everything's fixing what that pattern is. Like I don't want to be too annoying to that person, so we're like calling them all the time, making sure they're not annoyed, and then they're we're annoying. Them. It's just a lot of energy invested in that channel, right? As opposed to no, she's allowed to do that. Oh, now we can turn the channel, yeah, or watch a different show. Or well, it also doesn't imply that she's more powerful than you. Right. It doesn't mean mm. it just means like you're also worth something, too. Right. So when we're sitting there going, they can't. She's also me. saying uh, John's allowed to leave me. Yeah. <laughs> if, if she watches this, you guys will both loosen up. It'll be <laughs> really great. But can you feel that, too? Like you're we're not inviting that. It's like if you're going, I can't have this anyone hurt me. There's a level where that's true. Lock the doors, put an alarm system on, call the cops if something bad happens. Sure. But, you know, imagine how much crappier of a driver we are if we're like, I can't crash every second. You know, I can't swerve into the oncoming lane. Like, that's all. That's the only thing we're creating now. Right. Like, but we just drive cool, but we still have insurance and a seatbelt, you know. Officer Kyle C has told me that they're allowed to to hurt me. I'm allowed to swerve and and be worried about dying in my car, officer. Um, I wanted to also say that, uh, and this is, I'm just inserting things that, that, um, so Sarah heard you on a podcast with um, uh, Lewis House, I believe. And so she kept that in her back pocket, and every few months or so, she listens to that episode over and over. Oh, my God. Thank you. What was that that about, that episode? Do you remember? It was in 2017, Mm -hmm. and it was uh, using comedy to overcome fear. Mm. Yeah. Sorry I haven't used more comedy (laughs) to overcome fear. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought that was very sweet, and I, I wanted you to hear it because it's like, um, what a gift. I mean, just uh, just to know that someone uh, has uh, not only consumed uh, your art, but, but keeps you in your back pocket is that's, very special. You know? That's a very big honor. Yeah. And I'll tell you something. Before that podcast, I was meditating, and instead of saying, I want this to go really well, I told God, I want this to go how it's supposed to. Mm. Like, let, In other words, it doesn't have to be good right right because that's control yeah and then it kind of was magic you know like when you if you go it has to be good mm. it adds our ego's control one thing i really believe this time is about is our consciousness is higher and if we're our consciousness is higher it's switching from control to surrender like i really believe your power is in surrender sure. more than control now and things that move based on control are working less and less and less. I mean, generally, I think control is a false power. Yes. Right. And, but even people that have bad agendas in the world are trying to do it out of control. Right. 
It's not going to work. I know that everyone's worried about it and all kinds of stuff that's supposedly coming or whatever, but the energy of control needs to have time and it needs to have secrecy. It needs to have all these things that are, they're too in the light now. Mm, And, and love moves instantly. Like, like you'll watch the right video go so viral with no strategy or whatever, but then manipulation requires everyone in on it and time and all the stuff. Mm. And, and it's too bright. It's too light. And that's not only in that agenda, but in our own agenda, like control doesn't work anymore. You can't control your relationship anymore. Surrender will do better for a relationship, right? Like surrender does better for money. Even like I'll just tap into the abundance that I am and see what's created through me versus I got to do this. So I'm not broke. Right? Like it's a whole different energy. So so thank you for watching that. But it was it was the the surrender of even that it needed to go well, you know, it, that any it's just like it's allowed to go how it's supposed to, you know. And then it was it, it's like almost a million views or something. It's wow. it's really cool. Wow. Well, thank you for being here. This is really cool. Yeah, thank you. And you know what you brought because this is a. Um, it's the because I was worried about so many things: uh, parrots, noise, cars, um, weather. Because you know it's hundred degrees, yeah. and uh, today was perfect. It was perfect. I and you know what? If there was parrots, it would have been perfect. Yeah, you would just have to convince me of that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, but the weather, it's just very calm. It's conversational, and uh, it was it was it was very it was very seamless. And mm-hmm. um, when something's seamless and organic. Um, your 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 fingerprints aren't supposed to be on it in a way. You know what I'm saying? There's a there's yeah. a there's a. It's like when you That's dance cool, with someone, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, of course, with this kind of thing, you're always trying to put your fingerprints on it. And, and I was like, okay, because all my phone, I was like, here's four questions, and if he doesn't ask, then I'll go here, then I'll go here, and this is and and uh, kind of threw all that out the window and just. It would said, be funny okay. if we had that for everything. They're like, okay, I'm going to dinner. Okay, what are the five questions I'm going <laughs> to ask my good friend? Yeah. Oh, we're going on vacation. I need a set list for a week. You know, like. <laughs> Yeah. Like there's just like the way we move, there's always something here. There's right. always content. God's got it so well. You know what it yeah. does? Though? It also trains your brain to seek what is what we usually miss if we're uh, following an outline. Yes. Right. So like on a trip, we got to hit all these spots or whatever, or we got to you know do. Uh, then you're kind of not in the what's right under your nose kind of thing and seeking moments that can come naturally, I think. You you know, one thing that's so funny is you guys will probably hear this, like this, that people often ask me if I planted the audience. Mm -hmm. Like, like that that was too great, you know, that there's no way. And that happens to me all the time. But I understand that the now is capable of more miracles than my ego is capable of. And what just happened wasn't me. It was, it was something working. It was God working with God. Like you're talking to yourself Mm -hmm. and I'll never forget how much more amazing God is at writing than anything I could strategize. When I did this one event, it was called welcome to deep down. It's on my absolutely everything past membership site. And it's a two day event. So on day one, I'm just, all these things are happening that are so synchronistic. Like this one story came up and it tied to someone else knew the thing and all, like it was just bonkers. Mm -hmm. And it was just a day of miracles, right? 
And at night, we get all these emails. It was in, the, in Glendale at the Alex Theater. There's 1,400 people there. We get all these emails. that I just was at day one. I can't wait for day two. It was a magical. I get one angry email. And I get this guy, and it says, disappointing day one. And I click it, and it's a video. Mm. And he goes, hey, Kyle, I was at your event on day one, and I don't know what you're trying to pull, but I work in reality TV. And he goes, and I know about setting things up, and I know you've planted that entire audience. Mm. And he goes, I don't know if you're setting up to sell something later or what, but I'm going to come to day two, but I'm watching it. And I, and I, and I, know, I know I see through you. I just want you to know I see through you. So... I think he about crapped his pants when I started day two and I talked about that email Mm. and I did about a 45 minute riff on my triggers about being accused of something that isn't true. And then I, I played the video on the screen and then brought him on. I had him come and sit. And so I'm doing a session with a guy that's Mm -hmm. like, you're full of shit. And I know that you've planted this audience, but now he's on stage and that wasn't planted. And he knows that. And so 